podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, Russ from my Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you use the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Um, lots of great guests coming up and today's guest as well. Another one from from over the pond. Um, you, you may well recognise his dulcet tones when he used to do, obviously, these are my podcast with Chris and Bianca. That was seemed ages ago, wasn't it, James? When thinking about it, yeah, he's done all right since then. Let's be fair. Um, yeah, he's co exec producer of the Late Late Show. Um, back in the studio now, which is great. It, it, it's long as it's James Longman. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Got your health as long as we got our health and we got very far. Yeah, now James has actually had quite a, an eventful lockdown type period um in that he's he's actually got a second his wife gave birth to a second child um yeah. so he's got a two-year-old and a two-month-old now so well yeah just uh three months so we are we moved fun enough we moved house and had the child had a second kid uh during all the lockdown period so it was a oh, not only the kind of the anxiety of everything that was happening also the anxiety of being a father again and the new house so Jesus. Well, all, yeah. like, all lucky. Everything's lucky. So, yeah. as long as everyone's got their health, that's, that's the main thing, isn't yeah. it? And, and obviously, you know, as as we just said before we started, obviously, you guys are back in the, back in the studio to, to some degree. Yeah. So, you know, that must be it. Must be a lot better than trying to organise and do all the Zoom stuff and things. At least you sort of can see people. <laughs> we have. Um... We're in. We were doing the show, James Gordon show, uh, in his garage for a little while. Yeah. Uh, now we've just moved back into the studio, so we can't have audience like we used to, um, and we don't have guests coming into the studio yet. And I'm currently in a. I share an office with my friend Rob, and we are. There's like a Hannibal Lecter plexiglass between us. <laughs> and if I leave this area, I've got a face mask to wear. So it's kind of everywhere. Oh God. So oh, it's uh, very safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Long might continue. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One day, one day, everything will be about a bit to normal. Yeah. Um, there seems to be, you know, particularly over here, you know, we've got um, football-wise. I think Brighton are playing Chelsea. Um, they'd have already played them by the time the video gone out, but um, I think they got in two and a half thousand fans in there. Oh, really? Um, on Saturday, yeah, as a test run. Right. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes, but. Uh, oh. I know, I know. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. What's it like? Um, obviously, you know, you know, people. Obviously, you particularly have been used to watching West Ham on television, um, but obviously, for a lot of guys in the UK who go to the games, obviously, they haven't um, been used to it. So it's a bit sort of a learning curve. But what's it like supporting West Ham, being eight hours back, <laughs> getting up early in the morning? I guess there's swings and roundabouts. Like with the, the three o'clock kickoffs at seven a.m. Yeah. So uh that's kind of doable and the good thing is that if you lose you know well i guess a good thing and the bad thing because if you lose you, you've got a bit you know longer to mope about it but then it's the weekend and it's sunny so by the end of the day you've kind of forgotten a little bit uh but then you don't get the post-match analysis in the pub with your mates kind of yeah. moaning about it and get it out of your system so it's kind of swings and roundabouts the early kickoff there's a group out here i'm kind of part of a group with hollywood hammers my friend uh matt hagger we run that together. There's a few LA groups out here, so mm. 
before lockdown, we'd watch, we'd go to a local pub and watch like 7 a.m. Uh, to watch the game, which is which is fun. We good group of people actually, you know, yeah. some Americans, mainly Brits, like a Russian, a few Mexicans, kind of chiquito. So um, there's a little there's a little crowd out here for it. So we get together when we can. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, through this, I've been it's been to loads of the guys over there, loads of like, obviously the American Hammers Network and and um, old John Black from Vegas and David in 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 East Coast. You know, it's brilliant. Honestly, I love it because it's just it it just it's just weird. And obviously, you know, these guys like yourselves who have you know flown the nest, so to speak. But the guys like who are American or maybe live in india or live in scandinavia who are still west ham fans just yeah. blows my mind really because it's yeah. like you had all these teams to pick yeah. and he picks this, this little sh- oh god no but it's always it's always quite good stories isn't it it's like a player like someone loved mark reaper and they would have been like supported west ham because of it like stuff like that it really good yeah. the way you kind of get into it um and the americans out here kind of somehow have just picked up on West Ham as of all the teams to support, which seems madness. It does, yes. <laughs> but once, once, once they're into it, they're into it. They're kind of, you know, they're committed and they watch every game and they yeah. know the stuff. They sing the, the songs slightly differently, which is weird. Uh, but no, it's, you know, it's growing and growing. Oh, it's absolutely crazy and yeah no i know what you mean it's just like you just when you go around you just sort of like interviewing these people and you said you know it's like oh i just picked a team and i thought oh i don't know um uh, then i just opened up the, the newspaper and west ham were there so i thought yeah we'll do them and then yeah. they get into the stats it's all the stats that you know obviously the americans love their stats don't they when it comes to yeah. sport and uh there's not many great ones for west ham to be honest not many great stats but it doesn't matter yeah. they still sort of manage to do them so so for you james you know, obviously, we all know you as a, as a big, massive West Ham fan. Um, how did it start for you? What's, what's your, if you was like a Marvel superhero, what was your, what's your origin story to become a West Ham fan? Uh, well, it was forced upon me. Um, now, I guess the, my family are all from East Ham and Plasto. Yeah. I was talking to my dad about it. My nan lived on Par Road, which is two streets away from the old ground. So, oh. It's horrible calling it the old ground. The old ground um, yeah. Two streets away, so like kind of the family were all around there. My grandparent, my granddad, and his mates all used to go. Used to be season ticket holders. Um, and my dad had a shop on the Barking Road called Longman's, which was kind of a wholesale place. Uh, in fact, he did a bit of everything. He was a bit yeah. of a wheeler. He's a, he still is a wheeler dealer. Um, and I remember going as a kid. I remember first my brother had West End wallpaper. My brother's older. And I remember I took it over his room and had West Ham wallpaper when I was very young. And I remember as a kid, uh, when I, during the summer holidays, I'd go with my dad to work and I'd wander up to the West Ham ground. And that was when they used to have the old porter cabin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was like Santa's Grotto. So I used to go into the porter cabin and I used to buy those, they used to have those little pictures of players. You'd buy yeah, Who knows my fours, yeah. With like 20 people. I used to have them all up my wall. And occasionally, I remember a few times it happened, um, the players had been training there and they came out. And I remember being in the club shop and I had uh, kind of the brochure. I called it a brochure. It was like two bits of A4 stuck together. (laughs) All the stuff you could buy in there. Um, And I remember players coming out and that was all like Ward and Cotton and McAvenna. They all signed it for me. And I remember writing that. I remember going to school and we had to write an essay on the best day of your life. (laughs) 
I remember that writing that as the best day of my life, and I still think that probably was the best day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like all your heroes, because they are your idols. So it was kind like that was it was always West Ham. There was no there was no one else really. Well, I remember like when I was growing up, I also loved football. I did have a John Barnes picture up on my wall. (laughs) Like John Barnes in England kit. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, but no, it's always been West Ham. Always been West Ham. No, I know. It's, um, yeah, greatest day of your life. Mm, married with two children, James, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I think about that, how, how magical that is when you meet players. Even yeah. now, occasionally we have players uh, come out here in the summer breaks. We had yeah. well come watch a game, come watch a show. Uh, and we had, who else we have? Oh, Hugel came out. Uh, lovely guy. So he came out. So like we had players come in. I'm still super excited to meet them. There's still kind of nothing like it. Yeah. Uh, and 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 obviously the host of My Hammers Eleven you had out as well. So yes, you know. So you know, don't, don't forget, don't forget me as well. But yes, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, it's funny enough. Me on a side note, me and Jim are still really good mates. Me and Jim White are still really good mates. Funny. You 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 created that friendship, James. <laughs> Inadvertently, me and Jim White, yeah. Bless him. Well, you know, so when Corden comes out, he does the top of show, he does a monologue, yeah. Uh, and he's got a little West Ham, he's got a little West Ham badge there. Uh, nice. so when he walks out at the top of the show and does his jokes, he stops at the West Ham badge. So he's like, he's a big hammer, too. Yeah, so like over the years, it's been like Ben Shepherd's a mate, and he's a big hammer, Russell Brand, like you know, we're everywhere. We are, we really are, and it's, I mean, we, we've, I mean. Hopefully, we got, should have. I and mean, Ben's coming on soon, um, which would be good. Um, I used to play rugby with Ben uh, many, many years ago when he was at GMTV before he left. He, he had to stop playing rugby because he'd go in on Monday morning with like a black eye and he'd spend like so many hours trying to get, you know, makeup on the black eye. He had to stop playing. Good player, though. You can yeah, he, go, he is a good player. He goes in yeah. off. Yeah, he goes <laughs> in proper. Well, is he on? I think Soccer Aid soon, isn't it? I think. And he always likes to do. He turns out with that. And even like people like Mark Wright and stuff as well. I mean, there's loads of all over the bloody place, West Ham fans. It's funny, you sort of, yeah. And, and that's why when I go on holiday, I always wear, like, take some, I literally in my suitcase, it's all shirts. Because yeah. you go in, you sort of talk to people and, you know, you wear a West Ham shirt. And you might be the waiting staff or, I know, yeah. some random bloke. And that's it. You, you, you're sorted then. And, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's all over the place. We, sort of, it, we just sort of get into people's skin, you know. It's like, yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. And we, it's a lovely common bond for everyone. Like you, it is. You, you meet a West Ham fan anywhere, and you'll get on with them. Yeah, I had, like today. Like literally, I dropped my car off for the MOT and service, and yeah. the bloke outside, like, was we, we put like about twenty five minutes about about his season ticket and stuff, and then I literally pulled up at my house, and some other bloke went, "Still outside, no one, have we?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sorry, I, I do apologise. I do apologise, you know." And then we had that off. I love it, and we've been social distancing for years, James. <laughs> that's it. We don't have to shake hands, no hugs, just irons, irons. That's it. Done. I love it, man. Um, do you remember your first game, James? Remember your first game you went to? Yeah, I think I went to. Uh, Wimbledon at home. I had a period of going to because I used to my school. We did we played football on Saturday, so I was yeah. love playing as well. So I never went regular. I went when I could, and I think the West the first one was West Ham Wimbledon. I remember walking up uh, on the West Stand and seeing the pitch, and just thinking how amazing that pitch was and how massive it looked. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I still get that excitement when you walk into generally like into a football ground, I still get that excitement. But when you used to walk into Upton Park and see the ground for the first time and feel the bars and kind of go, get the goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, it's the smells as well, isn't it? It's yeah. the smells. Even when the football's dreadful. What I like, what I miss most actually about England is going to the games with, uh, we. I had season tickets with uh, Chris Skull and Russ Williams and yeah. Dorian Chalk from KUMB. And we all sat together and his kids. And I miss that the most actually because we watched some absolutely dreadful football. But it didn't really matter because you're just yeah. with your mate and you're kind of yeah. having a laugh really and then having a few beers afterwards. And the football's like, the best period, which will rub some people up the wrong way for us when as season ticket holders was uh, those few months under Allardyce where we were golden oh, with Sacco and Valencia and Downing and Song in midfield. We were absolutely golden beating all yeah. the teams. Every time we attacked, like we were sat in, we had our season, we had our season tickets um, on the chicken run. And every time we attacked, we're like, we're going to score, we're going to score. And we did lots. We scored lots. And yeah. it was amazing. It went right up till Christmas. And then uh, Allardyce dropped Song at a Chelsea game. And then after then, it all went, it all went wrong. It went wrong. That time, that time, the football was amazing. And I think, if I remember right, there was an injury, and Allardyce was kind of forced into an attacking formation. Was it? Was it? Was it the the, the proverbial diamond and yeah, and uh, Downing was the top? Island, there was a there's an injury, and he was forced into it. And then from then on, we had that like, three months of being looking outstanding. Yeah. And then that was yeah, that was a golden period. Yeah, no, and it's funny. And he said it's it's funny because obviously, obviously, you know, now on, obviously, I, I went with Chris on match days, or when we had match days, and I I actually had a meeting with Russ, the other, like like <laughs> like because he because we work in the same industry, and obviously yeah. we sort of bumped into each other, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, so it's so weird, but it's just yeah. weird. So when your worlds collide, when sort of your West Ham world and your work world just collide, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, oh, it's really weird. It does sort of. Just sort of judge me a little bit because two uh, wonderful men coming together. Yes, exactly, exactly. And all we do was talk about West Ham for about an hour, and then was, oh yeah, um, work-wise, um, <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Oh, okay, oh, well, I'm to work now. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, but that I mean the the sort of the current crop now. What I like about them guys at the moment is they they seem to always have a goal in them as well at the moment. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's really encouraging because I remember before that we never looked like scoring under Pellegrini, ironically. Yeah. Um, but you know, since restart, we've sort of been this goal machine. You know, it's like it's not just like you know the the tappings, but it's like corners and long throws and sort of mixing yeah. up. I'm really sort of optimistic for this season. Yeah, I, he says we're idiots, aren't we? Because I'm optimistic. Yeah. Too. I feel like I know Moyes. No, people were never going to love Moyes. No. Lots of people are never going to love him because he's kind of another dour Brit managing us. But I yeah. feel like he's got quite good. He's got the team together. He's got them playing. Mm. You know, he's sorted them out defensively as much as he could, I think. Yeah. I mean, it was a shambles under Pellegrini. Was. There's been lots of comparisons about whether Pellegrini had still been in charge if we had stayed up. I don't think we would have. I just think it was a downhill spiral. And his last game... Which was I was in England. I went to it. And it was just hopeless, and you, <laughs> there was I don't think there was any way back for him. And it was a little bit like, like we all love big name signings, and he was a big name signing. But he had been, he'd already gone to China, and if you've gone to China, 
very rarely do you want to come back. You know, yeah. you're done, aren't you? Yeah. You're not going there to for anything other than money. No. I just feel like we made another classic vanity signing in Pellegrini. We did. And, and Moyes is like, he's just going to be steady. We just have to accept it's going to be steady. And I would do that. I'm all right with that for a couple of seasons, to be honest, yeah. James, to be honest, because I think we've had a couple of squeaky bum times in the last couple of seasons. And I would I would love an Allardyce or a Kerbishly, you know, a couple of their mid-table seasons, yeah. just for a bit of stability. As you said, it's like, you know, I always liken the signing of Pellegrini and, and obviously the, the subsequent guys he brought in, like the players, was almost like he's bought, he's made this beautiful Canary Wolf apartment yeah. But the foundations are absolutely like jelly. And yeah. so it's great. It looks beautiful, but as soon as you go and touch it, it's going to fall down. And that's the trouble. Um, yeah. I just think Moyes and, you know, by bringing in like Stuart Pierce, um, obviously brought in Nolan already. Yeah. You know, he's got some guys there who are going to rip some shreds into people. And I think that's what West Ham fans like to see as well. And um, they were together. He fought well in the mm. January. A couple of good signings. Our best window for a long time, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think he speaks well. I like what he says about, mm. you know, not expecting too much and, mm. you know, managing all of our expectations and just, you know, getting for inching forward rather than jumping forward because yeah. we just can't go as far forward as we think we can. No. Like we just can't and we don't and we consistently fail. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And I don't know, you know, if we have two seasons of mid-table, which is really the best we can hope for mm. is that enough to our fans we always want more don't we <laughs> we do we do and it's like we forget more and boys but then maybe you just have we have to just shut down for two seasons and get on with it and you yeah. know occasionally beat chelsea and be steady beat the teams around us but that's what we do that's but that's that's for, for ever since i remember you know, we haven't really, bar a couple of red nap here, red nap seasons. It has been sort of either mid, mid to mid to bottom table or relegation. Yeah. But as you said, you'll have those two or three cup finals each season, um, where it would be a Chelsea or a, or a Tottenham or Man United, and that's what we sort of live for. You know, it's, it's it's sad, but it's true. And for that week, we can obviously take the Mickey out of all of our Tottenham fans. The other 51 weeks, we're, we're silent, we're quiet. But for that one week, it's like, ah, we beat you. That's how shit you must be if we beat you. If and you Moyes, know they're going to turn up. If Moyes can get us a cup final. Oh. Well, League Cup. I don't know if we can. Know if he, but <laughs> if we can, it'll be worth it. Well, I think the League Cup is just... The trouble is with the League Cup, I mean, is it starts... We've got Newcastle on the Saturday... On the twelfth, on the twelfth or tenth of September, is, and then I think the first round of the League Cup is that Wednesday. We haven't been drawn about it yet, so it's like, well, straight away you're going to put out a shit team because you're just started the season. You don't want to get any injuries. Where at least with the FA Cup, it's like January. By January, you know roughly how your season's going to look, bar yeah. a complete, you know, yeah, just completely fall off the cliff. But um, yeah, and that's the only thing we haven't won is the League Cup, I believe. So it'd be nice to. Because no one else seems to give a shit about it apart from Man City, to be honest. But the gulf now in teams and quality is so massive. How oh. you ever, how you can ever catch those teams now? Well, well, I mean, you see, obviously Chelsea has spent an absolute shitload, and you know we've 
And then, you know, the whole messy stuff and Man City goes, yeah, we can afford him. How yeah. the f- it's half a, half a billion pounds. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't sound... <laughs> we're scrabbling around for, you know, a million and a half to buy a left-back no, from, from, from Wigan. Yeah, exactly. It's just me- absolutely mental. But as you said, it's just it's, it's going to get worse and worse, though, isn't it? And, and, and you know, sort of the, the Premier League will have... I mean, we're in that sort of 10th to 20th league maybe sometimes you know creeping into ninth and eighth and i don't think you can expect anything more based on the the spending power of everyone else luckily it was newcastle didn't get taken over because then that would maybe knocked it down another spot potentially but i I know newcastle fans were desperate for that but i'm glad they weren't not because they'll become a bigger force just because i think ethically and morally that should they should not be allowed to buy the thing not at all not at all i mean you've seen what happened to wigan i mean you know bless them you know they got flipped within a day of being bought weren't it it was like absolutely men- mental and it's just it's scary really but you know economic in in, in money wise there's not you know that's the the, the, the middle east and and so Asia, that's where all the money is at the moment, isn't it? With yeah. new money and, um, you know, obviously Mr. Sullivan and Gold, they've taken a bit of a hit financially since uh, all their properties and stuff. So hmm. I feel like they're going to be okay. I think I think they'll I think they'll be all right. I mean, they might have. Oh, I mean, you know, maybe they'll have to go to Audi for you know their shops rather than Tesco. I think they'll survive. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. <laughs> right. Let's talk about this. This eleven. This hammers eleven. So I know you've been deliberating about it. Me I and James have literally been. We've been messaging people for about, for about three months since we've James. And he comes up with an idea, and someone nicks it. Oh, well, you know, Graham from KMB had a similar one, so I've kind of adapted it a little bit. There might be some crossover. No problem at all. No. Uh, and it's a it's an unfamiliar formation, and I don't expect us as eleven to win many games. <laughs> As I say, you probably be first on match of the day, maybe for the wrong reasons. <laughs> All right, it's a five-three-two formation. Oh, very good. Okay, well, well, I the defenders. I could have played even more defenders. Even more defenders. Oh, I could have played even more. Notable mentions. Okay, Let, let's start off in goal. Then well, right, it's a wrongans eleven essentially. Wrongans eleven. Like wrongans eleven, and not all of these wrongans were wrongans. Uh, well, they were wrongans. But they weren't all wrongans at West Ham. Sometimes it was uh, other clubs. But amongst them, they've all played. They've all been at West Ham, uh, yeah. and they're all in some way wrongans. <laughs> Love it. So I'm okay. Start, I'm going to start. I'm going to put a manager in there. Can I do that? Yeah, of course, you can. I'm going to start with Avram Grant. Oh, good old Avram. Now he's wrong and uh, he's in the wrong category because he um, got caught having a massage uh, at a, pl- a massage parlour that was later found out to be a brothel. Um, uh, and it's quite a funny story. He was coming out of, out of this massage parlour, and he was photographed, and it was in all the papers. Uh, and he was quoted saying, uh, "I got a massage from a rather old woman. I wish they would publish some pictures of her because she was so old. She is obviously not okay." <laughs> <laughs> and, and his wife afterwards, who was also interviewed, said, "He can do what he wants with his body." So that was that was Avram's the manager. Uh, interestingly, him and his wife are no longer married. Oh. Make it about what you will. I remember famously Avram. Um, we were playing. 
Stoke away and was it Yom Kippur? And he couldn't obviously, he couldn't work. Yeah. So it was him and one of the guys who used to, Lloyd, who was the, the video guy, bless him, Lloyd Bishop, lovely bloke. And he was the, the on, on the sort of the walkie talkie to whoever was the assistant <laughs> manager at the time. And Avram was sort of do, not, not working, but he was making comments and Lloyd was passing them on. And then I think it was like nil-nil and it was like a really boring game. So he then jumps, Lloyd goes, right, fuck it, I'm going now. It was sort of going to, and then he needed a substitution made. So he had to phone Lloyd back up. He was in a cab down the M, whatever it was, M6 or whatever, uh, to Stoke, turn round, come back to make the substitution <laughs> and then go again. It's like such, such a West Ham thing. It really was. He also, um, when we interviewed players on the KUMB podcast with Chris, yeah. Avram was the manager who moved the, essentially he was Porter Gabin, um, next to the training pitch. So he could, he never had to come outside. He could watch from in the Porter Gabin. Um, and occasionally he'd go to sleep. So players said they used to just kick the ball against <laughs> to wake him up. <laughs> oh, God. And then and obviously, he, fired, kind of like, he got fired in the lift, didn't they? After the Wigan game. Yeah, and they didn't tell him. He wouldn't, they wouldn't let him back on the coach, wasn't yeah. it? I think. And, and then they had... The players... Uh, was it Scotty Parker? Kicked yeah. off and got them all on the coach. Got yeah, because there was a famous... Was it the West Brom game? We were 3-0 down at half-time and Avram had, like, nothing. It was a team talk and Scott gave the team talk and then we ended up drawing 3 all. And um, I remember Colton mentioned, you know, everyone had, like, tears in their eye when Scott was doing this sort of, like church churchill type speech at half time and it made a difference and obviously you know and then he's gone on to be a good manager who'd been promoted with fulham so there you yeah, go you know him. good he was a good captain for us yeah he's a good good boy okay so abraham's the manager right. so goalkeeper <laughs> is uh stephen bywater thin goal is stephen bywater he yeah. uh was arrested for waving a sword over the heads of two delivery men <laughs> Uh, but two delivery men, though. Is it, so, has he bought? Has he gone to like Deliveroo and Uber Eats? And <laughs> so they, were, they were delivering an oven. Um, oh, okay. Right. He, had, he had a. Is it a skimitar? And he <laughs> he was uh, apparent. They said he was waving in rage, but he said he was using it to cut the packaging off the new oven. <laughs> uh, he was he was found not guilty. So. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh. So, yeah, Bible, by all accounts, is a, quite a comedy character. He used to be quite a comedy character at West Ham. Yes. In terms of not loads up top. No, that's that's what we interviewed Shaka and a few yeah. others. And they were not, they were lovely about him, but they did sort of joke yeah. a little bit about he wasn't the, the sharpest tool in the box, bless him. But, uh, I love we had that kind of sword in his house. Yeah. Um, left back and the wrong end's 11. I'm going to put Dixie. Yeah, Just because uh, he was a wrong on like a hero, but a wrong on for all the right reasons on the pitch. He gave everything. Yeah. He put in some big challenges. In case, uh, recently, I've been enjoying watching the Marco Bugas tack on going Neville, where uh, Dixie runs however many yards to push four players away from four Man U players away from him. Oh. Well, Dixie gets in there. Also, which I forgot when I was looking into these this week, in his testimonial against Atletico Bilbao. It was a 17-man brawl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. We had um, we had uh, we had Mad Dog on and um I asked him what his favourite West Ham game was. 
Um, and he went, do you know what? It was West Ham Wimbledon. And I said, oh, okay. Went, yeah, we had a 20-man fight in the middle of the pitch. And um, and then it all cleared off. It took about 10 minutes to disperse. And then Dennis Wise got the ball. And Julian literally kicked him about six feet up in the air and just walked down the tunnel with his hand up. Like, yeah, that's me. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, call a cab. Yeah, see, I'm done. That's me done. And he's just obviously become a dad again as well. Yeah. Very similar to yourself, you know, obviously, you know. No, in many ways. <laughs> well, two peas in the pod. And another, um, another man in the Premier League. Yeah, not only does he have to contend with keeping West Brom in the Premier League, he's got a little baby to contend with as well, bless him. It's like, oh dear, doesn't make it easy on himself. I think he's 50, and he was just turned 53 as well. Oh, wow. Same same birthday as Phil Parks. There we go. Bit of useless information. Good old Julian. Loved him. Uh, and the, there's three in the middle. Yeah. In the middle, we're starting with uh, our ginger Australian Hayden Fox. Hayden Fox. And he was one um, of the classic Christmas party incidents where he was thrown out Sugar Reef, which is in London, for peeing up against the bar um, <laughs> <laughs> at a Christmas party. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was fined two weeks' wages, and uh, it was one of those wonderful Christmas parties. We always have, we have quite a good history of Christmas incidents. Yeah, yeah, we do. The snowman's outfit. Yeah, oh, over Christmas was in many ways the best one. Yeah, but that was a return to form, wasn't it? There was a few years where it got like it was for a long time. Okay. Yeah, but then Mikael came back and you know smashed his you know. Lamborghini in a Father Christmas in a snowman outfit, but it's, it's yeah, it's just weird. I mean, Hayden Fox was just weird when he as a player. Like he was, he'd been signed for ages, wasn't he? And everyone was just not a bloody play. I think he went so to he Portsmouth. Went, yeah, he went to Portsmouth and was instrumental in getting them promoted under Red. So Red Nap yeah. took to Portsmouth. Hayden Fox. Yeah, didn't have much going from Billy. Bless him. No, Australian. No. Shock of Ginger's bike air as well. Against the bar though is a classic. Such an Aussie thing, and it was like yeah, okay. getting so drunk. Bless him. Uh, <laughs> then in the middle, a Christmas miracle. And then in the middle with him, Anton Ferdinand. So Anton was uh, arrested for throwing the first punch in a confrontation outside a nightclub. This is a little run of faces incident. I think Anton was done outside faces. Uh, he thought he was about to be mugged for his watch, so he threw the first punch. Anton's um, <laughs> made it into wrong end's 11. A yeah, lot Tompkins in the middle. Uh, and he was outside Sugar Hut, actually, not Faces. In oh, you see, yes, we've gone for Gansill to Brentford. Uh, and he was accused of assaulting one of three police officers who were trying to arrest him. He's been refused entry to Sugar Hut. But I can see is is it wrong that I can I could see that in James Tompkins. Yeah. He just has that sugar hut look about him. I mean, obviously for people outside of Essex or people who used to live in there and moved to LA and, and places like that, obviously you know what I'm talking about. He just has that sort of Brentwood look about him. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I miss him. There's a little mosquito flying around. I miss Tompkins. He was such a loss for us, I think. Yeah. Hindsight's a great thing. We sold him to Palace, and I think then we have like two or three like centre back injuries, and and he's, I mean, even bloody 
you know, turned out right right back for us a while, didn't he? For when yeah. we didn't have a decent right yeah. back. So um yeah, no, I feel yeah. I mean I mean, you know, was he thirty odd now, something like that? I mean he hasn't really He's always, always gets a fantastic reception when he comes back because yeah. I think people, you know, he's a West Ham boy, and I think when when West Ham boys come back, they always get good. Most of them, but yeah. a couple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like because like, he, he, you know, he wasn't playing his preferred preferred position, was he? Yeah. So I think he'd enough to him. Um, and then I mean, I was going to get De Costa in there as well. Do you remember Manuel De Costa? Like, yeah. Like with Tompkins. Um, uh, Fox and Ferdinand. The Costa could jump. That boy could jump. Yeah. I remember the first time he jumped like about 10 foot in the air. Didn't quite work out as much as he wanted, as one of them to. Right back, and um, well, right wing back, really, in my 5 3 2 formation. Uh, he's going to be Super Thomas Wepka. Oh. Did you, uh, speaking of, um, speaking of what's his name, the Costa, did you see him, the, when he, him and Fagudi had a fight the other day um, in the, Superliga, um, really? yeah, and it, it's, yeah. I think for, yeah, I think Fagudi kicked out and it went to VAR and they sent off Fagudi or De Costa and you're like, yes, well done, boys. Fagudi kicked out and missed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he scored one. He scored that. He scored the first first goal, didn't he? The, the, the European thing, bless him. But uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, um, De Costa, bless him. But and um, we'll do um, Tommy Repka. Good old Tommy, Tommy Repka. So, Repka on the pitch was obviously a monster, um, but like we, like, he was a proper kind of in the same way Dixie was like a proper West Ham maniac. Yeah, there was a season when I think the first game of the season we were playing Blackburn, um, and we've been really poor, and then Repka took Savage out, essentially hit him into the uh, like over the billboards into the into the uh, crowd, and that kicked off that game. We went on to win that game. I felt like kickstarted our season. I felt like Repka had that in him, like that moment of madness. Um, oh, brilliant! And he got, you know, not only was he wrong on a pitch recently, and a couple of well, ones a comedy story, and ones a bit darker. But I love that he essentially rented a car and then sold it. <laughs> he loaned the car and then sold it and got arrested for that. And then I think he might currently be in prison for offering services uh, for his football wife. Yeah, exactly. He's become more of a caricature of yeah. himself. He's become more West Ham since he's retired, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's, it's typical soap opera, but yeah, no. Uh, but he loved the club as well. Yeah. I remember trying on his final game. Oh, he was our, was our record signing at the time, wasn't he? From Florentino, I believe. God bless him. Um, so I'm going to slip into midfield now. And there's three in the middle. We're going to start with uh, Johnny Monks, oh. who's also wrong on a pitch. Um, 60 yellows. Surprisingly, how many red cards do you think? Unless you know this already. How many no, do I have no idea. Uh, six, six red cards. Three red cards. Wow. I remember when I used to go with my mate Alan, we used to have bets on when, like how soon he'd get. He'd come on as a sub and be booked within about five minutes. He did. Um, but he was like a proper, he was a proper player for us, Monks. I loved oh, it. Oh, brilliant. Great. Obviously, he's found God now. Yeah. Um, and uh, But he's still got that twinkle. We interviewed him, that twinkle. And, and he just like started telling us some absolutely mental stories of, obviously, yeah, 
everyone knows the story about you know when he comes out stark naked and yeah, like, always, you know, by all accounts he was always naked on the training ground he, yeah and it was always red and harry was like always shouting at him he's like monks put some clothes on yeah. and he's like i ain't got no kit he's like right he gets kit he gets kit all right and it's yeah. like okay but he honestly he just reeled off about four or five stories and he spoke about um about Joey Beecham because he signed the same day as Beecham or Beecham had just signed and he'd signed and uh, they were like we've signed a proper player here and then they were like travelling to like an away day and Beecham was like behind him he's like Monks I'm going to have to leave I didn't think Oxford was as far as as, as I thought it was from, from East London yeah. I was like fuck off you know he's just like typical John Monker way of talking about yeah. and he, he couldn't fucking believe it couldn't fucking believe it but you know honestly I love him he's such a nice such a gentleman as well when you're spoken to. Um, uh, also in the middle there, I'm going to have Lam- Frank Lampard Jr. Ooh. Uh, he got, he was filmed having sex in Iron Apple in 2000 with Rio. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I remember that. So with Rio and Kieran Dyer, so West Ham connection. Um, awesome. Now the wrong move from uh, the Chelsea captain. Oh, yeah, yes. Mr. Oh, uh, yeah. And then Ravel Morrison. He's in the middle oh, of it. No, yeah. No, he wasn't particularly wrong in at West Ham. He had previous at Manchester United. Um, and how how we willed him to be the best player we've ever had. Uh, and he showed glimpses of it, particularly in the 3-0 victory over Spurs. Of course, yeah. Um, I, I went to that match with, with Russ, uh, two mate, uh, peers, and another guy. And we were at Spurs, a away game. And there was like the top of the stairs that went to the top. Yeah. And we're sat right at the top there and we way in. And whenever we scored, we literally would be propelled down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a day that was. Oh. And that was Allardyce. If I was looking at, I was reading a report on BBC Sport. If you go to the West Ham uh, report over 3 0 over Spurs, and there's a still the video of Allardyce's post game interview, he's never looked smugger, Allardyce. Like, it's just yeah. on the smuggest Allardyce face you'll ever see. <laughs> That was that was a famous false nine, wasn't it? If it I was. remember, it was no bullshit. Was, we yeah. still have. If only we could. If only we could buy forwards, we might not have, ever have to do that. No, we just put anyone in. Anyone goes up front constantly, and we don't have any forwards game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ravel, uh, he was a. You know, he had glimpses. It's a shame he didn't work out for us. Yeah. And occasionally yeah. tweets about West Ham, which I love. Yeah. And he seems every time he goes to another club, you're thinking, this is it. This, this is, is it. it. Everyone you talk to, you hear, like, I remember, like, Mark and, uh, like, Nobes and stuff. They all talk about how fantastic this guy was, like, the best player they've ever seen play. And it's like, as you said, you saw glimpses, but it's just, yeah. just obviously, yeah, just didn't work out, bless him, unfortunately. Um, then up top, yes. we have uh, Savio. <laughs> <laughs> was a, a, what a story that man has! Oh. It was our record signing. Uh, we after Craig Bellamy. I love Craig Bellamy. I so it was our record good. signing. Um, ten appearances. We sold him to uh, Fiorentina and got the cost of in return. And the best Savio story, uh, well, the the greatest one really was. He was arrested after faking his own kidnap in uh, kidnapping in order to extort money from his family. So that, <sighs> that is a, you could not get more West Ham signing than him. No, no. Totally, totally failed in playing for West Ham. We'd spent a lot of money for him. It was a complete failure. And as you said, then gets arrested for, for faking his own kidnapping. 
He also, like I looked him up actually, and he now plays for. He's thirty-one. He kind of play. He's player manager for B, BSC Sendings in Germany, and the league is like the Kreislasser München Three, which is like I was trying to work out. It's not Vauxhall Conference. No. It's like it goes down and down. So it's like about six divisions below. Oh, so like Essex, Essex Seniors or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, okay, now. How far can you go, man? I know. Not much farther. <laughs> <laughs> I did a deep dive into how the German leagues work. <laughs> can you imagine working out the pyramid system of, <laughs> of the German? No idea. No idea. It's like, if you like, it's like, you know, like the equivalent of maybe. I know he took over AFC Hornchurch or something like that. Yeah, we'll yeah. say that. We'll say that. Um, so that's Savio. It's a, a great. St- the Zola and oh, the Icelandic era. What oh, could have been? Yeah. I mean, how West Ham was that for billionaires to buy you and go bankrupt? <laughs> I know, and it was, and then it was the the famous. You had all the bloody the patch, the patch shirts. Yeah. And when they thought it was a good idea to put the same color on top and yeah. do you remember everyone was sweating and everything sweated and this one this patch was exactly was the same a different color and then they put and they squeezed sbo bet onto the yeah. patch i remember for a while then they had a number um because i remember that i can vividly remember david dimichaili with a number on him instead of the patch yeah. it was absolutely brilliant and we had obviously XL holidays and I remember yeah. they paid extra to get it on the east stand um like on the roof so when people were flying over from Stansted they would see it and then they went bust yeah um I wonder how many have gone bust I was doing it Alpari went bust didn't they yeah. um SBO bet went bust um X, XL went bust we had the shirt sponsors, Bassett and Gold, wasn't it? They went bust yeah. the other day. So, you know, good luck. Good luck to Betway. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> oh SBO Bet would always give us money. They yeah. always would. I remember, because remember when me, me and Jen were doing the stuff at the, at the old ground, they would always present a cheque for three million pounds on the pitch. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Now, in hindsight, you're thinking, what they were doing with that? Because they, like they were from Jersey, weren't they, I believe? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, Savio's in. <laughs> and then, and so my final wrong end on the pitch is obviously the legendary Paolo Di Canio. Oh. Now, I've got quite a... I can't quite sum up how I feel about Di Canio. I love him and feel that he's made some major mistakes in his life. Yeah. So you, you end up going down the kind of the, the salute path. Yes. Uh, which he's done. Um, and I think self like without any kind of shame about it, he seems to not mind as much about that no. kind of world. No. Uh, and also, in that season we got relegated, I feel like he let us down a lot. I know mm. people blame Rhoda, but he was all kinds of trouble off the pitch. Mm. And a team that should never have gone down, should never have gone down. No. Um, and I don't feel that in that final season, no matter how much he's done for us and how much he did for us and how much we love him, I feel like he let us down. Yeah. That, that is... Uh, my feeling about the mm. But then you watch, then you switch on Twitter today, and you see him singing "Dancing in the Moonlight." <laughs> if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fucking hilarious. I don't know. It must have been it's like I don't know, an Italian version of Glastonbury. It's all over Twitter today. It's absolutely brilliant. Not one note in tune. Why it's "Dancing in the Moonlight"? I do not know. 
but it's you know the proper like you know not like the remix like you know like there's a remix version out it was proper like you know not the proper version but the top loader version it sounded like to be honest but um but one, of best, one of the best players we've ever seen play yeah oh, he's, and passionate and he ticks so many boxes uh i just that last season left a bad feeling in my mouth yeah and you know the ultimate wrong one because he wouldn't have got him unless he pushed a referee over yeah well i yeah. always think i always felt that referee dive yeah, he did. Yeah, Allcock, wasn't it? And obviously, then, <laughs> then it was then it was Razor Ian Wright did it as a celebration, didn't they? Then like we yeah. signed him like <laughs> such a West Ham thing to do. Yeah, uh, but everyone, it's funny when you talk about Paolo. Everyone has their own stories, you know. And it's funny watching this, doing these videos, and Paolo comes up, and everyone has a, a story about Paolo, and some of them are brilliant. You know, where we had um, John Joe and Gary uh, Herman came on, and. Paolo invited them to his office at Swindon when he was Swindon manager. So they go in after the game. I think they'd lost. I think Swindon had lost. Paolo's like, yeah, chatting. And, and then he's in, in his desk, in his manager's office at the, at the county ground, opens up his drawer. It is literally stuffed full of West Ham clippings, memorabilia. And you're like, you, Paolo, you know, it's just like they spent hours going through it or... There's another story, another guy we interviewed, a guy called Mick Clifford, was interviewing Paolo for um, Scandinavian Hammers. And uh, he was outside Chadwell and he could hear whistling, like some whistling of the Decanio tune um, for about half an hour continually. And he couldn't understand what it was. And then out walks Paolo with a pair of, like, with a pair of, you know, white, you know, his tidy whiteies on. He'd been in the shower singing his own fucking song for half an hour. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. My, my cousin went to his uh, house when he played for West Ham. Their yeah. kids were friends with his kids, um, and went to his house in Rome, and um, went to visit him. Well, went to visit the wife and the kids, and the, the he's got a room. She could just hear this roar, and he she went and looked in, and he was sat in this room, which is like a massive screen with speakers all around him, and he was just sat in there watching his goals. <laughs> and if I scored the goals he did, of course, I would ever do. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. The best mic drop no moment the story we had was um, Nicky Hawkins and West Ham Fan TV. They were doing one of those little player Q and A things, you know, meet and greets. And um, he went, oh, you know, Paolo turns up looking like a million dollars, as you can imagine, Gucci all the way down, or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, Paolo, you're looking good, man. And he just went, I always dress up for my family. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That got me right there, dude. Bless him. But uh, no, he was a legend, man. Legend. Uh, absolutely brilliant. No, I love that. James, um, man, that's great. That's Thank a, you so much. Also, it would, without, um, I should also mention in the wrong ones, we got a manager. Yeah. We, we've got our chairman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Both money through porn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, glossing over. I thought he was going to say like the. I thought he was going to say eggy, and I'd have, I'd have been alright. But yeah. Um, no, it's anyway. uh, yeah. We've had plenty of wrongings. Eleven. Yeah, actually, brilliant. Love it. Cheers, Jim. It's no, great. We finally, we finally get, we finally get through. We finally get it in, mate. Thanks, Henry. Let me just shout people that's above my door. Yeah. I don't know if you'll be able to see it or not. So this is, can you see that? 
So yeah, this, yeah, yeah. The photographer took it. He did the last kind of. He took a photo journal of yep. the West Ham, and this is. Um, well, you can see what's on my desk. CGQ magazine as well. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> uh he did a that's lovely like loads of pictures and this is the guys on the flats overlooking yeah. the ground as a glow of upton park comes up that's fantastic and it was it? always like when i was a kid i always used to sit in the west end and you can look up those flats and be like that oh, i wish i had one flat in the world yeah um and it's now so i true. think is that flat still there overlooking flat now it's no no yeah now it's flat over flat which just overlooks a, a little bit of a grassy garden in the middle yeah. i think now isn't it unfortunately i don't know if i can ever go back i don't know one day no. i will i think one day I, I think yeah i mean I, I was fortunate enough to um talking about kids um i am flo was only three but i obviously at west ham you could always you could always get into the ground let's just say it was always it wasn't the most stringent security procedures up to but and so i i got a picture of her on the pitch because I know that she, yeah, for her, she's eight now. She never remembers that. It was always West Ham, always play at at, 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 uh, at the shopping centre, she calls it. Yeah. Lovely. Thank yeah. Flo. No. But, um, yeah, no, it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think I could ever go back there. I used yeah. to remember going, we used to go over the A, you know, even when it was still there, you'd go over sort of, when you was in A406, you'd go over that bridge just with a barking turnover, and you'd always see the glow of the, of the, um, yeah. You, you, you just look quickly and you know it was over there but yeah, yeah. no it's uh can't go back can't go back you always get like, i think about that walk up from upton park and how wonderful that was and then the and then when we used to drink at a black line before that walk down and you eventually yeah. walk around and the noises and the smells and the colors and then when you found out upton park station was closed and you had to all that worked walk to barking instead <laughs> we always spoke about that long wait when you get the trains up the park and sometimes you'd wait outside it for like 10 minutes oh Reckon. oh god yeah we'd give for that again yeah well I'm, uh, yeah i'm really funny i mean we, we record this on friday i'm i'm at brentford doing the brentford game tomorrow and um yeah it's great because i get my car because there's, there's no there's no fans so i literally my car park space is outside the ground it's like outside the actual stadium yeah. like the you know where all the champion stones are and stuff that becomes an auxiliary car park i'm home in 20 minutes it's fucking brilliant I yeah. tell you, it's, it's great but anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> you couldn't do no social distancing at uh, at the at uh, upton park to be yeah. honest in hindsight yeah. it was the forefront of our owners to to assume that a global pandemic um would be Become full fun anyway. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so Thank much, you man. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and obviously, thanks everyone for watching, you know, or listening, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple, whatever. Um, give it a good old subscribe. And um, until next time, for me and James, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Come on, your wines. Come on, your wines. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.